0: Hey everybody, it's Nathaniel Avila reporting from Greater Orlando, and I'm here talking to Timbrel Hildebrand, uh, who is reporting from Crowley, Texas. And today we're talking about uh, Remember the Titans. Is that right? That's right. All right. So uh, now you chose this uh, film. Now, does it have anything to do with uh, the issue, the things that's going on right now in the world?
1: might have crossed my mind when i picked it it's also just a really good movie and i mean it, it is relevant i would say to mm-hmm. what's going on right
0: now now this is insanely important and it's something that we or i personally cannot stay silent on the matter uh there's a lot of uh injustice and prejudice going on in the world right now and i don't know, like like—we're something has to be done about it is that right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes. So we're gonna be talking about this film. Uh because a lot of that is similar in this film back that took place back in the 19, 1970s, nineteen seventy one, and was uh made in two thousand. But uh history has a tendency to repeat itself. So we're gonna look at this and talk about it and hopefully it'll uh give us better understanding about the issues going on right now so uh usually i talk about what's going on like how the film was like conceptualized and written uh but i cannot i couldn't find anything about that (laughs) about the like the origins of the film so uh instead i'm going to talk about like what uh the differences between real life what happened in the real life story of remember the Titans and what happened uh, in the film. So the differences between the two. Uh, so this story um, is about a football team, which gets integrated, uh, which gets, gets integrated. So it's like the first time uh, white people and African-Americans are playing or attending the same school. Therefore, The players are now mixed, and uh, and it takes a time. It's about like the prejudice and the racism that goes on during this time, uh, and the adjustments people have trying to like accept this new way of life. Uh, And it's starring one of the uh, biggest names in Hollywood uh, at the time and now. That's right. I'm talking about the Ryan Gosling. He was oh, the best. Very funny. <laughs> he honestly, was. I was actually just about
1: to say that and make that joke, but you beat me to it. Oh so snap! Just... Yeah, we were on the okay, same page. Well, honestly, if you blink, you'll miss that he's even in this movie. Yeah, he
0: like there's no small roles for the little king himself.
1: I guess. Well. <laughs> But, I mean, we are actually talking about Denzel Washington,
0: I yeah. certainly hope. Yeah, he's he's definitely, like, the biggest, like, he really gives it his all in this film. Washington, that is. Uh, so, so uh, in terms of, like, the uh, uh, differences between real life and the film, uh, the first point I have here is that the Alexandria schools, which is where it takes place, like, in Virginia uh were racially integrated in 1965 not 1971
1: and TC really? Williams yeah so I just to use
0: that as a catalyst yeah i mean they got they got to do some things to make it like more cinematic um yeah i guess so yeah and then uh okay so TC Williams which is the high school where that the film surro- uh takes place in was created by uh merging three racially integrated schools like already there, like three of them uh, so the Titans, which is the football team, was ranked second in the nation and at the end of the 1971 season, finishing in, like, 13-0, so they were undefeated. Uh, however, despite the movie showing, like, multiple close games, the games were actually, like, blowouts, and nine of the 13 oh. were, like, shootout, shutouts, so... But that's not as
1: exciting!
0: I know, we need, like, some, we need some conflict, so I, I could understand <laughs> why they did that. So... In the movie, uh, Boone, which is Denzel Washington's character, states, uh, We are not like other schools in this conference. They're all white. We don't have to worry about race. We do. So, uh, this isn't true as well, because the schools that the Titans face were integrated years before. So, uh, but we still need that conflict <laughs> in the film. So, uh, while the team was at camp, was at the camp. It shows uh, Boone walking them, waking them at, like, 3 in the morning to go for a run. This didn't happen either. That was made up. Uh, and neither.
1: Well, that, that doesn't super surprise me. But yeah. then again, I mean, coaches have done crazy things.
0: Oh, snap. I've heard some stories. Let me tell you. Uh, because I, I played um, varsity basketball when I was in high school. And one of the things that they did um, was uh, – if we were like like goofing around too much or something or maybe somebody uh got a bit too aggressive or maybe we just weren't playing that good one of the things that they would do was one of the assistant coaches would put on his preacher's collar and he would do what was called running the devil out of us <laughs> so so he would just that's hilarious i know and so he would just have us run for until he got tired of us <laughs> running so, uh, okay, so that did happen, and the speech at Gettysburg, that also didn't happen. Uh, but the team did go on a tour, for, tour of Gettysburg, but it was, like, not as dramatic. But we got to make it dramatic for the movie. <laughs> so we got Sunshine, who was uh, the Californian guy. Hey, huh? Nathaniel? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he was far from being the only one with long hair at the time, even uh, Bertier, had long hair uh but in interviews sunshine said
1: are you talking about sunshine yeah oh about how like the kiss that was in it wasn't well, that didn't actually happen
0: yeah that didn't happen either
1: yeah i i heard about that
0: yeah so was he is he actually uh gay in real life
1: i don't know i didn't i didn't research it
0: yeah uh, i wasn't even clear that he was even gay in the film I'm not one hundred percent sure of that I either. they
1: left it up to interpretation. Like, maybe he was messing with them, maybe he wasn't. That maybe. sort of thing.
0: I guess it's up to the audience to figure it out. Because Disney was like, "Ah, we gotta keep it a vague because we need good family values." So, um, the climax of the movie, the climax of the movie that is, it was a, a fictionalized uh, triple the, the fictionalized uh, AAA state championship football game. Uh, between TC Williams and Marshall High, uh, it it was it was like a lot of dramatic license was taken for the for the movie. It was actually uh, that game that was portrayed as the state championship was actually a mid season game between the uh-huh. two schools, uh, and it was actually like, but it was like the toughest game that TC Williams played, uh, and at as depicted in the film, the real Titans won the Marshall game. In a fourth down, come from behind play at the very end, Uh, but but the actual state championship, which was against Andrew Lewis High, uh, was a twenty-seven to nothing blowout. So, wow! (laughs) So you gotta, you gotta. I can see why they did that because we gotta have these suspense. They gotta earn the title. So uh, Bertier's car accident took place in December eleventh of nineteen seventy one. After the end of the season. So, uh, and what really happened was that Bertier had been at a banquet honoring the team for their undefeated season. Uh, after the banquet, uh, Bertier borrowed his, uh, mother's new Camaro. Bertier lost control of it and crashed. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. So the movie shows him getting like broadsided, but that, that wasn't true. Uh, so, the cause of the actual accident was determined to be mechanical failure in the engine mounts. But, yeah. I don't know. Um, oh, and the... Oh, this part is actually kind of sad. Um, Cheryl Yost, the the little girl, uh, the, the the assistant coach's daughter, uh, she actually died in 1996.
1: Yeah, I read that. She was only like 34 years old. Yeah, she was 34.
0: Sad. Yeah, I was super sad. Yeah. Uh, And she wasn't an only child. She had three sisters. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Her oldest sister, Bonnie, was in college at the time. Uh, Angela, her second oldest, was uh, at a different high school than uh, T.C. Williams. And her younger sister, Deidre, was only three years old. So I guess it makes sense why they decided not to cast those people and just like be like, okay, we don't have to pay the pay actors to play them if they're not relevant to the film. So
1: yeah, I mean, from what I read, it was just a matter of consolidating
0: characters. Mhm. So yeah, like, what what is your overall uh, uh, opinion on the film?
1: I really like this movie. It has it. It's just it's a really good story. And yes, obviously, historical movies, as always, the based on a true story usually take a lot of creative licensing when, you know, like how you said, like they rearranged a lot of, you know, the dates and the events. But from from what it sounds like, all of the events happened. They just didn't necessarily happen in the order that was in the movie. So I suppose it might be a little bit, I guess it might be a little bit more truthful to say this movie is inspired from real events or something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a good movie. It has really, it has interesting dynamic characters. And of course it, you know, it investigates an issue that has been going on forever, mm-hmm. you know, this, um, this sort of prejudice between uh, races, specifically in America, that's that's been going on for, you know, pretty much as long as there have been people here. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's interesting to watch, uh, kind of, I don't know, it's just, it's an interesting movie, and it has... Very interesting characters, particularly the character of Coach Boone, but also the characters uh, within the the team also kind of seeing them bonding as a group and what they're facing from the outside and whatnot.
0: Yeah, like I know that one of the big characters, what was his name, Latsky uh, or something, the uh, plus size guy? Yeah. He was supposed to be like, I believe he's supposed to be like the bridge between the white players and the African-American players because he was all like, he was new there and so he didn't understand the environment he was in and plus he was like hey i'm i'm from i'm for everybody man i'm not in i i don't care about the whole uh white and black thing so that was i believe that was what his character was supposed to be i guess (laughs) so um now this film got us like according to cinema score it got an a plus grade which is insanely rare I not a bunch of films got an A plus from them.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. So, um, there's a couple of of reviews here that I would like to go over with you, and let's see what, uh, you got to say, uh, about them. So, um, according to real views, uh, this the film he this person called the film, uh, relentlessly manipulative and hopelessly predictable. What do you have to say about that?
1: I mean I don't I don't know what they mean really by manipulative. If by manipulative they mean they're pushing the ideal that that, you know, regardless of color or background has the same amount of value as human beings and we should treat each other with the same amount of respect, then I, I guess, but I don't know if I'd call that manipulative. I mean they're just presenting a from, from what it seems like to me, they're just they're presenting an, an idea. And um, as for predictable, I mean, I guess you could say, yeah, it does kind of feel predictable, like a Disney film is. But in all fairness, it is based off of a true story, so they kind of just have to go with what the story was.
0: Exactly. Um, oh, well, like, what did you think about like the, the relationship between Boone and I forgot what Will Powell's character's name is.
1: Um, uh, dang it, I can't remember either. Um, what it, was his name?
0: Will Patton, I mean. Uh, Yoast. Yoast.
1: Yoast, yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting. I, I I, thought it was interesting because um, it kind of, I guess it kind of showed, because, you know, like, you, in, in movies like these, you you always, it's always, you, you know, you have depicted, you know, the, I mean, like, it was really bad back then, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, I'm not saying that it's good now for any means when it comes to race relations, but back then people were a little bit more vocal about how... Prejudiced they were, and um, with the the interactions between um, Boone and Yost, it kind of I guess it kind of like in in their interactions you kind of see the tension that even exists I guess in polite ways like even between him and Yost like how he uh, he comes down on Yost when he uh, he points out that Yost is only um, pulling aside the the african-american players to kind of like you know support them when boone comes down on them real hard Mm -hmm. and uh so in a way like you know he's pointing out yost's prejudices even if they're not necessarily as um i guess i don't know the word but i guess they don't seem as hateful as some of the other prejudices that are shown in the movie and You know, you just you see you see kind of like, I guess, sort of like the ignorance, I suppose, Yost has as opposed to um, Boone, what he's been through. So through their interactions, you kind of see them modeling somewhat of what somewhat what they want their players to model Mm -hmm. in that, you know, they're respecting each other. It doesn't matter what they look like. You know, both of them are guys who love football. So they're going to respect each other as human beings.
0: Exactly. Um, There was a joke that I had that I made, but no one was here to hear it, Hear it to say it, here, I mean, here to hear it. So I was like, hey, I got a yoast infection. <laughs> oh, wow. And then, okay. and then I high-fived everyone. That's that was great. That was a good <laughs> one. That was a great joke. It took me a while to think of it. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, going off of what you said, it kind of reminds me of that one scene where uh, a brick was thrown through... Boone's house. Um, uh, in real life, it was actually a toilet that was thrown. Yeah,
1: I read that. Yeah. That would have been way more scary. <laughs> really? Because
0: I, I, the filmmaker like, uh, Boaz Yakin, the guy who directed the film, he thought that it was going to be, like, too comedic. He thought it would be yeah, too... Yeah, in
1: the context of a movie, it, it definitely would have been... It, it definitely wouldn't have read the same way as a brick.
0: Mm-hmm. But then again, I mean, a brick is very, like huh
1: especially when he's like just shooting the in front of everybody at the press conference I mean they might have taken away from him if
0: he y like, uh... oh, yeah that's true so like and then after that the scene after that um him and Yost uh had that uh heart to heart conversation and, about how like he's like it became like his business when his daughter was uh in danger because she was there at the time uh and Boone told him, hey, maybe you just got a little taste of what we've been through our entire lives. So it really makes you think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so I have this other review from the Dallas Observer. Oh, uh, by the way, the, the other one, uh, the Real Views one, uh, it continues to say that it's a notch above the average entry and part of its social message uh, and creates a richer fabric uh, than the usual cloth from which this movie is cut. So there's that. So I gave him that cr- much credit. Uh, yeah. so, uh, and so, uh, the Dallas observer said that beneath it's raw, raw rhetoric and pigskin proposal, Uh, it's no more provocative than a thought or thoughtful than a hallmark film, or for that matter, a hallmark greeting card. It's hard is in the right oh place, but it is no, has no soul. And I was like, wow, that's very mean. <laughs> A little harsh that is very harsh <laughs> I mean I, I will admit it does have some very
1: Disney-esque moments that do fall a little cliche but I don't think it's really fair to say that it's I don't think that's a fair assessment
0: me neither I think that was way too harsh uh and then the big guy Roger Ebert himself this is what he has to say about it um he said that the film was a parable about racial harmony yoked the formula of a sports movie Uh, victories over racism and victories over opposing teams alternate so quickly that sometimes we're not sure if we're cheering for tolerance or touchdowns real life is never this simple but then that's what movies are for so that's what he has to say
1: i think that's a fairly i think that's a fair assessment
0: yeah do you think that like the film oversimplified this entire the situation that these characters are in
1: I mean, with something as complex as the issues being dealt with here, the racism, huh? I, I mean, it's hard to delve into the complexity. I mean, I would assume it'd be difficult to delve into the complexities as deeply as you possibly could because, of course, theres it's never going to be as easy as it is in the movies. And I think the review makes a fairly good point there that, I mean with the, you know, the touchdowns and stuff like that with them on the field and stuff like that, it it does seem a lot more easy than it probably was in real life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair thing to say that they simplified it a bit, but I mean, it's also a family film, so, I mean, not that, not that it's necessarily, a, not that I'm saying it's a good thing that they simplified it or anything, I guess it just, I can see why they simplified it a yeah,
0: bit. Yeah, like it's from like a marketing standpoint, right?
1: Yeah, I mean... I mean, the way I see it, I mean, for a, for a family film, I'd say they they delve pretty deep into it. But again, again, the, you could always dig deeper.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. So here's another review, uh, from the San Francisco News and Review, uh, which called the film uh the film is quite light rate lightweight, for the subject matter. But Washington Denzel Washington that is, and company make it watchable. So. That's a good. That's a pretty good review. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Yeah. Um. Oh, speaking about the relationship between Boone and Yost, uh, their relationship is paralleled by the two rela- the relationship between the two players of uh, Bertier and who was the other guy? Um, Campbell, I believe. Campbell. Yes. And
1: Gary and Julius, I believe.
0: Yeah, Gary and Julius. So, how do you how do we feel about their relationship? Because I believe their relationship is like the one above all the other other characters.
1: Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought again, like like the like the um, the review said, it probably it, it was a bit simplified because you know, you only have so much screen time to develop a relationship like that. But once they did get to the the way they kind of like forge these friendships within. Uh, I guess, a couple of months at a, um, at a sports camp, Mm -hmm. I think is fairly believable because when you're stuck inside, because when you're, when you're kind of like stuck with a bunch of people, regardless of race, personality, social status, whatever, and, and you're forced to kind of depend on each other while you're doing the sport that you all love, inevitably, uh, I mean, usually you're going to end up at least somewhat tolerating each other, if not becoming friends with each other and respecting one another. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, I think it's fairly believable that being put through a difficult situation such as um, a, a really rigorous sports camp because Boom runs them really hard. Like he works them very, very, very hard and kind of through, I guess, you know, through this kind of trial by fire, it kind of forged a friendship between them. So I felt like it was it was fairly believable. So I, I liked. So once they got through that, then I found their relationship pretty believable because they had gone through this difficult circumstance together.
0: Yeah. And, like, I can definitely believe... Because I was about to make that same assessment about the trial by fire thing. The uh, camp was the one that I definitely related to the most. Because, uh, like, as I said, I was I played uh, basketball in high school. And there, it, it, it for when I was... At least the school that I went to, uh, they did not view basketball as a game. It was, like, a way of life that we had to follow. <laughs> so, what we did was like in the first day of 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 practice uh the coach would have us do uh uh up and downs which is you go from one side of the court to the other and then back um in the course of 10 seconds um and then we had to do uh suicides uh which oh, is oh yeah i used to play basketball and they made us do that oh yeah uh, they call them suicides because it feels like you're killing yourself so yes. yeah yeah uh but i think like some people call them yo-yos cuz that's more uh not lighthearted lighthearted <laughs> yeah so you go up and down one section of the of the, i had to do those uh for and it had to be in 30 seconds and we had to do 10 of each and if one of us like at least one of the team members does not make it back within the allotted time then it wasn't it didn't count so we would yeah. have to do it again and we did that for uh, for the entirety of the day. I remember one guy threw up on the court. Uh oh, yeah, I know. Gosh. So, I could not believe cuz like when you go through something like that with with people, you you yeah, you you're kind, you can you can't help but create a bond with the people you're doing it with cuz you go through this rigorous task and like you feel like hey, we're in this together. Then you form that that camaraderie amongst ourselves. So I definitely can believe such a, a relationship can happen because I've I've been through that myself personally. Um, and also kind of, remind also like moving on from that, like there's that one scene where they go to that restaurant. Remember? And, uh, sunshine, I believe was like, Hey, let's go into this restaurant. And then, um, one of the other guys, I forgot who it was. Uh, Yeah, I mean it was uh this the smiley guy who said that the football was fun. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, um, was, I, don't, I
1: don't. think name
0: was Petey. Petey, yes, Petey. So, uh, PD was like, hey, we can't go in there because they don't like serving African Americans, and then Sunshine was like, nah, man, it's those days are over. Uh, the Civil Rights Act was passed and segregation's done. Uh, but so they go inside and yet the store owner was like, get out, I'm racist. And uh, after that, Petey got really upset, being like, oh, you didn't believe me that such things still go on and and stuff, and then he walked away. So it kind of makes you think that even though, like, because this was after the Civil Rights Movement and everything, and even after that, these this kind of stuff still happens. Am I right?
1: Yeah, and that's that's... That, that particular scene I think is kind of what sets this movie because you know how uh, a lot of the reviews were saying that it kind of oversimplified the complexities of racism mm-hmm. I think that that one scene um, really uh, at least while, while again you know it is a bit simplified I think that scene kind of delves into how it's not as simple as things appear you know sure you know they're all friends but that doesn't mean that everybody else has that same sort of you know that has that same sort of enlightenment, I suppose. And showing Sunshine's ignorance by taking them into the the restaurant really kind of harped on how. Yeah, I think it was uh, PD says something like maybe you didn't want to know to him when he said he didn't know, kind of about how you know some people are just sort of oblivious or they want to be oblivious to the fact that people can still be very prejudiced against people that don't look the same as them. Yeah,
0: like I see like signs and the protests that are going on now. Where people write that uh, if you don't see color, then you don't see racism, that kind of thing. That's a good slogan. Yeah, so it's it like stuff like that where people choose to ignore it, and and that's not the way they. That's not how things should be because there these are real serious issues and they need to be addressed, like for sure. Yeah. And that scene is definitely the most like complex scene that we've seen. Uh, in the entire film that fully encapsulates the the uh the uh harshness of racism that is present in that uh was that portrayed in the film and it, it definitely does like like art definitely does reflect real life am i right
1: for sure yeah
0: yeah so um so uh and also, like, I know Boone's character. Like, everybody wanted, or at least, like, the the higher-ups and the school board and or anything, they wanted Boone to fail, like, a lot so that they could fire him first chance he, they get. So that can show, like, how the world is definitely against him. It's definitely him against the world in this film. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, the major conflict. Like, who would you say is the antagonist in this film?
1: Um... There isn't like a person that's necessarily the antagonist for this film I think it really is just the prejudice that's existing within, you know That community and within the country that existed then and still exists now I think that is the antagonist because that's the driving force for you know all the obstacles that the characters face
0: Mm-hmm like in storytelling and in literature. There is like various different aspects to conflict. There's uh man versus man man versus nature man versus self and man versus society, which this is definitely a man versus society conflict. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to talk about some, uh, let talk about some trivia about the film so we can learn <laughs> about what's, go- what's been going on. So uh, Boaz Yankin, the director of the film, uh, he did not know uh, anything about football, like at all. So, Bruckheimer, the producer, s- arranged for him to attend football camp, where he picked up enough information in two weeks to resume the film. So, that's one. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, and the original script was full of profanity, but Disney was like, hey, we're Disney, we can't have that. Uh, that's well, not." yeah,
1: because, I mean, that's one of the ways that this probably isn't the most realistic movie, because... There's a certain uh, word that wasn't used that definitely would have been used.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, if
1: you watch any other movie that takes place in one of these time periods, um, you know, focusing in on these issues, yeah, um, some very awful, awful language mm-hmm. is used.
0: Yeah, and I've never uh, – there was another film that I really, really liked. It's called Glory Road, um, and it was another Disney film. It's about basketball, and about. it's also about, like, an integrated college team. And they never say that word either. Uh, I think they only the only time I've ever seen it. It's I've only seen it written. Uh, So there's that. And that was also like the problem I had with another film called Forty Two, which was about Jackie Robinson, and was also produced by Disney. And they really turned it back on the profanity in that film too. So wait, Forty
1: Two was that the one where Black Panther was playing Jackie Robinson? (laughs)
0: Yes, Black Panther. He was. He, I don't, I'm sorry,
1: I don't know the actor's
0: name. Uh, Chadwick Boseman. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it. And Harrison Ford that's is in weird, it too.
1: Because I watched a clip from it, and there was, there was some, like,
0: profanity in there. Really? Ah, uh, Pammy maybe, maybe I gotta watch yeah. it again. Yeah. but and, I, I don't
1: know. Maybe, 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 I just watched the one scene that had some profanity in it.
0: Maybe. Uh, do you think Chadwick Boseman just like has it on his contract, saying like, "I will be accredited as Black Panther from now on"? That'll be Chad my Bozeman. name.
1: That's his name. What a cool name.
0: Black Panther? No,
1: Chadwick Boseman. That's what I was saying.
0: Okay. A cool name. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely a uh, cool name. Chadwick? Well,
1: I mean, if I got to play superhero, I'd want to be known as a superhero too.
0: For real? Yeah, those are goals right there. Okay, so uh okay, so Disney told him to remove all the stuff, so now that's what we got. So uh mm-hmm. as part of uh Boas Yankins' efforts at authenticity, two of the referees in the film, uh E. Y. Coley and B. Keith Harmon, uh played uh who played the crooked referee, uh were the real life uh officials in the Atlanta Area Football Officials Association. So they used real refs in the okay. film. Yeah. So uh oh this film did not take it was not filmed also in uh Virginia, it was filmed mostly in Georgia but i mean that's the ma- pow- that's the magic of the movies okay so the the film was made more accessible to non-fans of football by careful music editing whenever the titans uh complete a key play the turn of the game favor the music changes to upbeat rock so good I bet that'll help uh oh speaking of which of the score there was a there's like a a a music uh uh like an instrumental, uh, track in the film called, um, what was it called? Uh, da, 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 da. it was called, uh, T- Titan spirit. Um, and it was a seven minute long instrumental and it became like very iconic among sports broadcasts. Uh, yeah. And it was used, um, mostly by NBC Uh, And it was used in the closing credits of, like, various Olympic games. Um, And it was... Yeah, I read about that. Yeah. And it was uh, also played as veteran New York Mets uh, crossed home plate during the uh, closing ceremonies at uh, Shea Stadium. And as the New York Yankees were awarded their rings from the 2009 World Series. Um, And it was also used in, like, during the Stanley Cup. Uh, It was used... uh, at the DNC uh, in 2008, when Obama won uh, the election, and so it, was, it became a very uh, popular and iconic song uh, that a lot of people used. So good on them, good good music composing guys.
1: Yeah,
0: that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Um, so, uh, any uh, final thoughts about the film at all?
1: I mean, uh, I think the ensemble casting. I think uh, this movie, just from a, uh, from a, I guess a filmmaker's point of view, the cinematography in this film is really cool, especially when it comes to the, uh, the game sequences. Because I mean, I can only imagine how difficult it must have been choreographing football games.
0: Oh yeah, I've always wanted to learn how to like choreograph like sports scenes, because that is very fascinating to me. I'd wonder how they do that.
1: Yeah, I mean that just sounds so difficult to me.
0: Oh yeah, like you're going to have to the the camera needs to be very like swift with following the ball and everything and they have to be yeah. in the action, make sure they don't get hit by anything. Like Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um also there was this one scene in the in like the, when we first meet Boone, which I thought was like one of the best acting I've seen Denzel Washington do was when uh one of the, like the white coaches told uh Washington, like or, or Boone, like why aren't you out there protesting with your friends or something? Something like, uh, underlyingly racist. And, yeah, and you can see like, and then he because he was holding a football at the time, and you can see his arms like his hands just like extend out and then clench the football, and you can see that in his face that he was that he that was he was really upset by that. But he couldn't do anything because, I mean, he's there to be professional and everything. So mm-hmm. that's like, like the, one of those things about how some people just are forced to just take these comments because, I mean, I mean, what are you what are you gonna do? You can't.
1: I think he shows a lot of class in that scene because instead of like retaliating, yeah. He... Like takes it in
0: stride. Yeah, I mean, there was a scene in Forty Two where Harrison Ford tells a uh, Black Panther this. Uh, <laughs> On solo and Black Panther <laughs> yeah. and the movie together, that's yeah. awesome. Oh snap, that's a crossover. I'd watch. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he tells him like, I like, uh, uh, in the film he was asked, hey, so you want me to have the courage to fight back? And then Ford was like, No, I ha- I want a person who has the courage to not fight back. So that encapsulates like what's like been going on right
1: yeah um, I I think probably one of my favorite scenes of this movie it's not quite as poignant I'd say but I really enjoy his interaction with Petey when they first meet and he's talking about how football is fun because it's just really quick
0: yeah that was really funny
1: because again, like of course, this movie is very serious, and it should be. It's dealing with very serious subject matter, but the little like brief spouts of levity are very, very
0: enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. The subtlety is definitely really good. It's definitely really fun. So, um, what would you what would you rate this film?
1: Um, I'd probably give it seven, eight out of ten,
0: maybe. Yeah, I would give it like a seven out of ten. So, um, I would definitely recommend this film especially during these times because it's definitely very important to understand these things
1: well yeah because i mean these issues that these players dealt with i mean we're still dealing with today and i think maybe watching the movie at least for me watching it through that context i guess it really gives you I, i suppose it helped give me an idea that like this isn't something that's happened that happened in the past and was over especially that scene with um uh, with sunshine where he you know asked two of his african-american friends to come into the cafe with him, You know not realizing that you know The prejudice was still very much alive in that area I think it's it's good to watch that and realize that just like him, you know We can't be so foolish as to think that that's a That, this, that prejudice is a thing of the past. Oh, He's yeah very much still alive.
0: Oh, yeah like then like back during like the beginning of America uh we back when like people were treated as less than like African Americans were treated as less than and also Latino people were also treated as left that less than where we were like slaves and and everything and then when we finally got our uh they got their freedom they then uh they tried to suppress them a lot uh they didn't like it then the ku klux klan was founded they were tried to intimidate them tried to like get them to leave and all that kind of stuff and then after that the uh uh after that the the civil rights movement happened no way no not, th- not that happened yet uh they got the uh the 13th Am- no the 14th amendment passed uh awarding them citizenship like full citizenship uh then the then the Fifteenth Amendment was passed, giving them uh, the right to vote. Uh, but then after that, they got suppressed by a lot of white people who didn't want them to vote. Um, and then the Civil Rights Movement happened. Uh, and then this, and then like that was a whole ordeal in and of itself. Uh, like segregation was going on, Jim Crow, the Jim Crow laws were going on. Uh, until finally they were finally repealed with the Civil Rights Act and and segregation was over. But th- these th- these things were still very rampant, even, even with all this. And this is going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a long time. Yeah, I
1: time. mean, as long as people are broken, there's mm-hmm. going to be broken things going on. And this is certainly something that's broken about our world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, people would, uh, in especially with, uh, I know that people of Asian descent were brought here to work on railroads, and they were also treated very poorly, uh, and people, uh, Hispanic people were enslaved from Latin America, and then we were brought into California, and we were, like, forced to, like, uh, cultivate grapes and stuff. And we were like being paid like pennies on the dollar, until uh, until finally we we str- we uh, started a strike, led by Cesar Chavez, and finally we got like workers' rights and everything. So these these things are it's gonna I don't know what uh, how long this is gonna take, but hopefully we'll we'll get through this and we'll do this together because that's what we Americans do, am I right? <laughs>
1: Let's hope so, at least. <laughs> yeah,
0: so if, uh, is there any way that uh, anyone can help?
1: Um, I mean, right now, I mean, it's it's really good. Like, I think part of, you know, the issue is that um, people aren't informed. You know, they, like, like I said, you know, they're kind of blind to the fact that this isn't just a thing of the past, this is a thing of the present. And so, I mean, you can, I mean, it, change starts at the individual level. So um, if people don't check their own hearts and consider whether or not they show prejudice against their fellow human beings just because they look different than them, then, I mean, change can't happen anywhere else. So it has to start there. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you move out, you know?
0: Yeah. So be informed, learn about history, because those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. And that's kind of what's Mm -hmm. happening now. And... Uh, sign petitions, go peacefully protest, um, in your local city. Uh, uh, if you want, you can also donate to the Okra Project or ACL, ACLU. Uh, and let's see what, what goes on from here. Yeah. So, uh, that, uh, so that's that. Today was a pretty... A bit longer than usual episode, but it was it's important. It was an important episode. Yeah, for so, sure. So um, it's a bit it was a bit more heavy handed today, but I mean I feel like we needed to. But uh, that that's that. So uh, watch, remember the Titans. Look at some other uh, films that are going on about you know African American the African American experience. I think uh, Netflix has released like has like their own little section for it. And I think Amazon Prime released like a bunch of free ones that anyone can view. You don't need a Prime membership or anything. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So, check those out and uh we'll see you guys later. Bye.
1: Bye.